Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has graciously been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in Christian Living Magazine. I am so excited to have my friend Scott Regan back in studio with me today. As some of you may recall, Scott shared his story with our readers as our cover story last July. Scott, Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, Sandy, it is such a pleasure to get to talk with you again. It's it's so funny. We we laughed. It's like, okay, we have this long. <laughs> and we'll go over. <laughs> we yeah. Okay. Yeah. You and I, we sit down and and yeah, it 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 could easily go way too long. So even the first time we met, it was like that. It was like we were like we've just known each other. You just forever. click, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So how are you? I'm doing well. It's been it's been a uh, it's been a crazy time since the last time that we met. A lot of changes have happened in my life. Yeah. Um, I've been a, a worship pastor for 16 years, and I'm no longer at my church. I was there at the same church that entire time. Which, if you consider that the average length of time that a worship pastor is at a given church, that's about two years. Yeah. Um, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful. I'm in the process of looking for a new ministry, a, a new church to be a part of. I feel very, very much uh, a, a continuing calling uh, to that kind of ministry. But in the meantime, I, I've i thought a lot about, boy, you know, I could just get a job until my next ministry position opens up. And it would be um, simple and just, you know, easy comparatively. But what I'm doing instead is I am on the phone booking concerts, uh, serving churches because I, st- I still I want to serve the kingdom. I, I yes. don't really want to just punch a clock. Although you know, providing for your family that's a, certainly a, a, a you know a godly and good thing to do. Um, but uh, so I'm doing a lot of hustling. Um, uh, I, I've been traveling uh, the last couple of months. I've been booked just solid in churches and um, leading worship for a conference next month in in Oregon. Uh, doing some coaching with worship teams and and kind of helping some worship leaders, especially smaller churches that there's just not a lot out there in terms of resources for smaller churches. And um, I, when I was initially approached and asked to help with some of that, my my first thought was, well, I, how do I, I don't know how to, I immediately doubted that I could, and I realized, you know what, I do have a lot of experience here and um, I don't believe that there is one right way to manage a worship team or or lead worship for a church there's a whole lot of of room for variation um, but there are some general things that i you know that i think i can bring and so i'm doing a lot of that right now it's been very rewarding but isn't that like the enemy you're going to make a kingdom difference, <laughs> sure. so he's going to plant that seed of doubt yeah. that you can do it. That has always been my default position anyway, is is uh, if an opportunity comes for me to say, oh, no, I, I can't do that. I, can't. I have to talk my way back into, you know what, I actually do know how to do this. In fact, um, I had my first concert uh, in four years. Because in 2017, I did my last tour, and I decided I was going to take a year-long break, and after that break, I decided uh, I was writing again. I hadn't written for a long time, writing again, started recording, and then 
COVID hit. And so, so it's been four years since I've toured. So April 10th, I did my first concert since 2017. Um, and about 20 minutes before stepping on stage, I had this little jolt of panic <laughs> that was um, along the lines of who do you think you're kidding? Why do you think anyone wants to hear what you have to say? You know, do you even know how to do this anymore? And, um, which, you know, of course that's, you know, insecurity and that's the enemy. And, yeah. um, it was such a great night. They were such a fantastic crowd. And, um, I felt like so much of what I have to say now, now that I'm in my fifties, now that I'm a little older, um, it resonates differently with people. And I have, um, some things to say that I, I don't think I was mature enough to, to know 10 years ago, you know? So that was really rewarding and kind of, um, helped me to see, okay, there is a path forward where I have something, something to offer that's a little different than what I used to do. Yeah. Well, and speaking of the smaller churches, often a, a smaller church will have a volunteer, somebody who may mm-hmm. not have yeah. any experience. Sure. And what a blessing to have somebody who has so much experience come in and mentor them and teach them and help them to grow and develop their own program. Yeah. So well, I, I love having that opportunity. The, the truth is, uh, like I said, I don't think there is a single right way to do it. I don't think I've figured out everything. I do know that in all the years that I was at my church, most of what I learned, I learned from making mistakes and in some cases hurting people and having to backpedal and apologize and rebuild relationships and then learn how to not do that again. Uh, I, 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 by the end of my ministry, we had a pretty much a diva free ministry which is a rare thing and a lot of times in churches you have you know you have that amazing singer that everyone kind of walks on eggshells around because well if we lo- if we lost that person oh it'd be you know be such a huge blow and um i firmly believe that that churches particularly bigger churches have to work really hard to hold accountable um people who bring a lot of utility a lot of value but also may have some um, some negative aspects that we sort of forgive some of the maybe toxic stuff yeah. because that person is is contributing so much. And that's true in lots and lots of churches. And I, I'm really grateful that, that over time we, we just created a community where that wasn't going to happen. And that's awesome. You know, when you said you'd been there for 16 years, I got to thinking, cause we have been at our church for 26 years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah. 26 years in August. Yeah. And, um, I was thinking, I was trying to do the math in my head. How many worship pastors have we had in 26 oh, sure. years? Yeah, you know? And yeah. so 16 years is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, I'm really grateful. And I'm seeking God for, for whatever the next step is, but I just have a very firm sense of calling that, uh, that I'm, because I thought about, you know, I mean, <laughs> there truly, there are other things that I could do where um, it would be easier because I've never worked less than 50 hours a week and, you know, frequently. In fact, it's, it's interesting because you talk with people who don't really understand kind of the ins and outs of what a worship pastor does or what people in ministry do. I've literally had people say, boy, this must be the easiest job in the world. You just like pick out some songs and then get up on stage and sing them. And what do you do the rest of your week? And <laughs> okay, there's, there's a lot of training and equipping and discipling that goes into this and a lot of prayerful planning and coordination with your senior pastor. There's, there's really a lot that goes into it that, I think is not necessarily evident from the outside. Absolutely. And, and you know, my experience at, at several churches is often because of the, mechan- the, the mechanics that go along with the music, mm-hmm. 
in so many churches, the music pastor also becomes the IT guy. You know, uh, there's there's yeah. other hats that get that get worn by by the music pastor. Sure, and that is one of the hats that I don't wear comfortably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've 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 uh, I definitely do not feel like that's one of my giftings at all. In fact, there was one time where I, I had a friend that was explaining a piece of technology to me. It was like for the third time. It was some software, and uh, he he'd explained it to me like once two years before and then you know like it, there were months and months in between and he was getting a little frustrated and i said well listen buddy I, here's the thing um when you show me how to do this i get a whiff of comprehension just just a little whiff of it enough yeah. to be able to actually do it this time but the next time it comes along and i'm like oh man and your explanations are helpful but it's also you're speaking mandarin and i don't speak that language it's not my native tongue <laughs> and uh so and that that actually was helpful to him he was like okay you're right this is this is natural for me this is intuitive for me and i realize that it's hard for you and so um but my relationship to technology you could almost say it's adversarial yes. um to be honest so i i completely get it <laughs> my at my at my old job um, we had pro- we had software that was programmed specifically for our office. Okay. Our, our boss had hired a programmer. And so my kids were home for dinner one time, which meant the oldest one was in town visiting. What do you, you know, what do you got going tomorrow, mom? And I said, well, I'm teaching a computer class tomorrow. And they both about <laughs> fell out of their chairs roaring. And they're like, you are teaching yeah. a computer. And I said, okay, it's a, it's a software class. And I've been fully trained in this and I am fluent in this. But no, if there's an error on my computer, it's almost always the loose nut behind the mm-hmm, keyboard. Sure, yeah. you know. So yeah, I get that. I I am I I for our website, I have a professional developer on the back yeah, end. Uh-huh. I can do the basics. But boy, if there's a hiccup, I'm on the phone with that developer. I I yeah. am not tech savvy at all. So I I yeah. I feel you there. But but to your point, um, technology has become more and more crucial to so many areas of the way that the church operates. The way that we do children's check-in systems to prevent um, any kind of problem with yeah. you know with, with kids or the wrong person checking the kid out or or, or anything like that yeah. that technology is crucial um uh, technology for for worship services so much of the time now especially post-covid people are attending virtually mm-hmm. and and it's and it's changing it's getting you know a lot more in person now but but there are still a lot of folks for whom that's crucial and you want to be able to give those people um uh, not just the the scraps you you want it to actually be a good experience for yeah. them um it's so much better to be in person but if you can't be you want people to be able to experience it in a way that's really, you know, nourishing. We we want to make an eternal difference yeah. that has an impact. Yeah. You know, because if yeah. it's not, if there's no impact there, then we may lose all, the role that we're to play in someone's eternity. So that's cool. One of the things we kind of got ahead of, kind of got ahead of myself here. <laughs> um, but one of the things I missed in your introduction is you are actually one of the Christian Living Magazine writers. Yeah. And yeah. I I personally I love your stories. Okay. I, the skunk army. I'm like, who comes up with this? Scott's so talented. I would never oh, think about that. Thank you. Um but I want to thank you because you generously donate your time, talent, and energy. And I I don't think a lot of people are aware that our writers all are volunteers. Hmm. We we wouldn't have a Christian Living magazine if it weren't for wonderful hmm. volunteer writers who donate their time, talent, and in many cases expertise. You know, we have we have Rosie Main, who writes a health and fitness column. Sure. And we have Terry Frisk, who's a CPA that writes, you know, a financial column for us. And we have another financial planner that writes, you know, biblical giving. But we have true professionals who donate. And it, mm-hmm. and it's and again, it's kind of like being a music pastor. You don't sit down and 15 minutes later have a column written and right. send send it off to Gay. 
um, who is such a blessing. But so thank you so much. Oh, it's a pleasure for, for that. And, and you've done such a fantastic job of uh, of putting together a, a really. Gr- I mean, I, I don't want to say anything negative about anyone, but I have a lot of experience over the years of um, local Christian publications in various parts of the country, and the most. I'm trying to figure out a nice way to say this. Most frequently, they are charmingly amateurish. Your magazine is fantastic, and it's really well put together. And um, and I'm not just saying that because you let me write for it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's been a lot of fun to get to be a part of that and to uh, to see it out in the newsstands and 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 know that people are you know getting to read some pretty great uh, articles and and it just looks great. It's so well put together. Anyway, well, thank you. I will That's, send you a bill. I w- so. There you go. I I thank you. I do, we give God all the glory. Yeah, we sure. we have to. I mean, it's a very very small team that are you know the inner workings. And we give God all the glory. I had somebody ask me earlier this week, where where are you going? And I said, wherever God takes us. Sure. Because he's yeah. already taken us farther than I ever envisioned. So, but thank you. Yeah. It, so it's all God. Um, gosh, lots of things have changed. We've kind of talked about that. Yeah. You're doing some coaching. What other things are going on? Well, uh, it's, it, you know, it's been a hard couple of years for everybody. And, yeah. and so let's just acknowledge that. Um, I will say um, that for me personally, um, without going into a great deal of detail, um, this has been the roughest season of my life by far. And a big part of that is um, my, my son's <laughs> um, mental illness and kind of dealing with the um, escalation of that and, and, and the dawning recognition that, that this is what's happening and, and trying to just get a, a grasp on it. Um, so, it, and I, like I said, I don't really want to go into a whole lot of detail on that, but um, I, I found that I'm, I'm a songwriter, I'm an artist, I'm a writer. And so um, almost unconsciously that those kinds of things are um, finding their way into my work, into my art. And so I, I just wrote a song and just released it called um, After the Shipwreck. And it says, one after another, the cannonballs came. Yep. Now it's all going under and only wreckage remains and it feels like I will drown. And th- that's a song that um, it- it's purely a lament. And I-, I-, I struggled a little bit with um, releasing that because there are there are definitely Christians who say you can only say positive things. You can only say, you know, if you, and I, my contention is, well, look at the Psalms and 40% of the Psalms are, God, where are you? And how long, oh Lord, and and my enemies are surrounding me and what am I going to do? And I feel like you've abandoned me. We don't leave a lot of space for that in our churches. In fact, I think one of our great struggles in the modern church is that we feel this pressure to pretend everything is okay all the time. And we're not promised it's going to be. Easy. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, John sixteen thirty three. You know, Jesus says, "You know, <laughs> buckle up, boys. <laughs> In this world, you will have trouble. There it's inevitable. Trouble, yeah, it's going to." But then the encouraging part is, "But take heart. I've overcome the world." You know. So, uh, so the I, so the song itself after the shipwreck is very much a lament. It is a song that I chose to not um, tie up with. A happy ending. It, it is. It's for anyone who knows what it feels like to feel like you're drowning in grief. Um, I know for me, it's just felt like wave 
after wave, you almost get to your feet and the next wave hits you. Yeah. And um, I wanted to honor that. I wanted I wanted to write a song that I felt like, well, people who know that feeling will feel, this sounds silly, but feel seen, you yeah. know? Um, and and so, so I wrote that song. There's another one I'd like to actually play, if it's okay. I'd like Absolutely. to play a little bit of it. There's a song by um, my very favorite songwriter, Rich Mullins, who is mostly known for Awesome God, which is now stuck in your head. Yep. Now that I've said the, the title, you'll be singing it all day. I know that. Um, but uh, he he's just fantastic songwriter, and his other songs uh, mean so much to me. And this one in particular, it's called There's Bound to Come Some Trouble. And it's a song that I think could have been written this year instead it was written in 1989 but it feels so much like a pandemic song so i'd like to share a little bit of that if you would so this is uh, my new song bound to come some trouble now people say maybe things will get better people say maybe it won't be long people say maybe you'll wake up tomorrow So that's uh, Bound to Come Some Trouble. That's uh, my new new single, and it's an old Rich Mullins song. And, you know, people say maybe things will get better. Maybe it won't be long. Maybe you'll wake up tomorrow and it'll all be gone. Haven't we said those things? Absolutely. Um, but there's only one thing that's clear. There's bound to come some trouble, but reach out to Jesus and hold on tight. He's been there before. He knows what it's like, and you'll find that he's there. That's what I have to live in all the time uh, right now. So so it's been a rough season for, for my family. It's been a rough season for a lot of folks. And my hope is that actually talking about it and being vulnerable about, uh, vulnerable about it and transparent about it um, is helpful. And I'm finding that in my shows, in the concerts that I'm doing, um, that every night I talk with people who are like, I'm, I'm so glad to hear someone talk about it. Here's what's been going on with me. And I've had people say, I'm afraid to talk about this to my Christian friends. Um, and we got to fix that. We, we so, do need to fix yeah, that. Yeah. And again, you know, in, I'm, not, I'm not being Pollyanna. I'm, I'm not making light of it. But one of the enemy's favorite lies is you're all alone. Nobody mm, understands yeah. and nobody wants to hear it. And folks, that's not true. And we're not alone. We're, we're not, not alone. alone. And there is always somebody out there. Who wants to hear it? And I applaud your vulnerability. Well, the most encouraging thing that I have experienced has been people that have reached out to me who um, who understand um, not the specifics of what I've been dealing with, but but the the in general the, this the, you know the human uh, situation of of heartache and struggle and grief. There's nothing more human than that, and yeah. I've been. Again, I'm fortunate in that I've been spared the experience of grief like this until now. And now, um, you know, I, I feel like one of the things that God does, and it'd be great if we just had easy lives and there was no trouble and everything was great. But what God does is he takes the heartaches that we experience and the trials and, and the, the things that are so heart-wrenching for us and give it some time and he redeems those things because those are the ways that you can minister 
and serve and help and provide encouragement to other people when they're going through something similar. And so I know that day's coming. We're not ready for it yet, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, but uh, but that's yeah that that's been my experience of of trying to communicate. Um, you know, uh, this journey through grief. And it is hard. And it is, hard. you know, I, I think sometimes we as Christians, especially those in ministry, sometimes go through huge, tragic seasons in sure. their life. Yeah. I Speaking from my own experience, it's given me better empathy oh, yeah. to minister to people who are going through similar things. Yeah. And now, how did you know? How do you understand this? How do you... You know, yesterday I had a friend reach out to me and who lost her mother earlier this year, and she's really struggling. Mm-hmm. And I, I sent her a note back, and I started to say, I remember the year I lost my mother and mm-hmm. what a what a struggle that was. And I thought, she doesn't want to hear about my mom. She is walking yeah. this time. She doesn't care where the empathy came from. She just wants to know it's, it's unique and it's genuine. Yeah. And so... You know, I think that sometimes the the burdens and the pains that we go through, and they're horrific, but they do give us a better empathy and let us yeah. minister and be there when people need. I think prior to my own experience here, my inclination would have been to try to fix mm-hmm. someone, to try to tell them, you know, here's what you need to do. You need to, you know, I mean, I, I hope not. I hope I wasn't a jerk about <laughs> about this kind of stuff. But now my heart is in a completely different place. And when I do encounter people who are experiencing this kind of thing, um, it's it's a completely different, um, a, a different way of interacting with someone. And you used the word empathy earlier, 100%. Yeah. And empathy, unfortunately, is something you have to earn. You, you don't, you don't get to have. You can have sympathy for someone, but you have to actually have been broken and experienced some real heartache to actually have empathy to offer. And and you know, this week, um, you know, we've had the horrific shooting in, mm-hmm. in Texas, and mm-hmm. and mental illness is becoming yeah. a top topic. But mm-hmm. I think we, as the church, the Big C Church, mm-hmm. um can do a better job and I'm not throwing anybody under the bus, but I think we can do a better job of reaching out and embracing and helping those and their families who are struggling with mental illness yeah. get through it. And sometimes it's helping the family be- until that person is ready to get help themselves. Well, honestly, normalizing uh, getting help because there's such a stigma, particularly in the church, I think, I think yep. more in the church than in many other places, um, a stigma associated with uh, with coming forward and saying we're we're struggling, we're having problems, and and there's and and I want to be I want to be someone who is safe for someone to come to and say here's what I'm struggling with. I want people to know they're going to be loved, not judged, um, yep. and and sometimes we're afraid of that in the church, and so we, we got to get better. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I I don't want them to know that side of me. That's yeah. that's my line. So we're we're I, we knew this would happen. I know, it's I know, going I know. fast. So let's talk about how where can people go who want to hear your music? Sure. Who yeah. might be interested in booking you for a mm-hmm. concert? Yeah. Or to talk to you about some of your worship leading yeah, um, sure. coaching or perhaps even interview you for yeah. that. <laughs> uh, well, my website is is really the 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 
catch-all for all of that. And it's scottriggan.com. And Riggan is spelled R-I-G-G-A-N. Um, but I have a, uh, a really vibrant Facebook group that's really fun. Uh, I, I would love to talk to you more about that. We'll have to do that another time. Yep. Um, and uh, um, yeah, so th- my website is just the easiest place to go, scottriggan.com. And you can search him on Facebook under yes. Scott Riggan. Yes. I'm part of that group and it is a lot of fun. The Riganators. The Riganators. That's right. I love it. Scott, thank you so much for joining me today. I wish we had more time. This could be an hour long. We'll have show to easy. do it again. We will have yeah. to do it. I'm yeah. going to hold you to that. Okay. All right. Um, thank you for catching me up, catching our listeners up. Folks, if you'd like to read Scott's original story in Christian Living Magazine, simply go to our website, ChristianLivingMag.com, and go to our past issues tab and scroll down to July, August 2021. This does bring our time to an end for this week, but we invite you back next week when we have another special guest in store for you, someone who will encourage you with hope and inspiration. Until next time, God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout Central and all of Southern Idaho. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.